0: leads me beside still waters, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. We've covered this ground before, but it's important for us to just be reminded that this idea uh, of the Lord following us of goodness and mercy following us in the in the Hebrew the, the root word there for follow that gets translated into English for as follow is radaf, and it, it really uh, it, it's a more aggressive sort of thing. Uh, it, it it refers to a pursuit, a chase. Even uh, pursue, dog chase are some of the terms that uh, when you look it up uh, you will find. So. It colors a bit, does it not? The way we hear that verse, that goodness and mercy are in hot pursuit of us all the days of our life, and we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's such a rich promise. I know that some of us might be tempted to edit that uh, beloved verse to say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in my house forever. It's starting to feel that way a little bit. It's uh, the eighth Sunday in a row that we have been unable to assemble—that is, to congregate as a congregation. That is what congregations, uh, you know, are supposed to do: is to congregate. We're not able to do that. Uh, we're only able to do it in this more dispersed way. Uh, and eight Sundays—I I never dreamed that in my lifetime I would uh, stand to preach to an essentially empty sanctuary. On Easter Sunday morning. Uh, This, however, has been our reality as of late. So I'm not sure how many people are feeling like they are being pursued by goodness and mercy at the moment. There's something in the human condition that makes it common for us to fear being chased by something beyond our control, of being caught by something harmful. There are currently varying degrees of fear about contracting the novel coronavirus. Uh, Many are mostly concerned about this disease catching up with a, a loved one, with a child, or perhaps aging parents. In our lives, we can feel pursued by many things, of course, by the expectations we face at work, by the unrealistic expectations we, we place on ourselves about how we should be feeling or functioning during this time of pandemic. Shouldn't I be getting more done? Hmm? Shouldn't I be more faithful and less fearful? Uh, there are many ways we can feel as if we are being gained upon by forces that are just not in our control. When we are Children, many of us have these dreams of being chased, and when I had a bad dream as a kid, I would lay there trying to get up the courage to, to get out of my bed and go to my parents' room, and I would finally muster up that, that, that courage, and I would go stand at the foot of my mom and dad's bed, just silently, not make a sound, and wait. My dad would always wake up. And he'd roll over and come get me and take me out of the room and ask me, you know, what was wrong. And even as a six or seven-year-old, I was too proud to say, Dad, I had a bad dream. So I would I would usually say I had a leg ache. A leg ache was my go-to story back in those days. Uh, had them frequently, and Dad would usually give me a, a baby aspirin. I don't know if these are still around. Remember these? So I would... I would, I would often worry I would eventually overdose from taking that powerful medication, which I knew I, I didn't really need. I thought that your body somehow must know you don't really have a leg ache, now you're taking this, uh, and I can still taste that pink little piece of chalk as I chewed it up while my fear subsided uh, because Dad was with me. I don't suppose there's a way to ever get rid of all of the bad dreams that we sometimes have when we feel pursued and overmatched. Some of those dreams are, in fact, real and not at all imagined. But what if we knew that there is someone greater, more powerful, presiding over the whole thing, present with us in the midst of our fear? Remember that that Easter angel, that came when chaos was reigning, when the Lord had been crucified and buried and sealed into the tomb and the, and the earth was shaking and the, and the armed Roman guards became as dead men, Matthew told us. And that angel rolled back that giant symbol of death and sat on it and looked around. Though we would seem to have tamed this familiar and beloved 23rd Psalm by, you know, cross-stitching it and memeing it and memorizing it into submission. Uh, it, It always has something more to give. In the end, we don't need to outrun whatever chases us in our dreams or in our real lives. God's pursuit of us will pass by what we fear, to catch up with us, even in the midst of death's dark valley. Surely goodness and mercy will pursue me, will chase me, will dog after me, and claim me. The other piece of this puzzle for me has always been about the times in our lives when we are trying to hide, not only from our fears, but maybe in some way even from God as well. We bury ourselves in work or School or alcohol or consumerism or even fear, anxiety, disappointment, whatever we use to numb or distract ourselves. We can find ourselves in such a deep hole that we don't want to be found by anyone, especially by God. We can find ourselves in such a deep and dark valley that we don't want to be reached by anyone or anything. This is the gospel promise that is embedded in the 23rd Psalm. In the deepest, darkest pit, God will pursue us and find us there. In the darkest valley, God will pursue us and meet us there. Last week, Pastor Natalia talked about the two followers of Jesus who were so Devastated by what was going on in the world, that they did not even recognize the risen Lord as He sidled up next to them during their long hike back home and started walking alongside them. And I loved how Natalia talked about how Jesus became known to them as they break bread with, with Him in their own home, uh, connecting so closely with those of us who have been sharing the Lord's Supper together at home during this time when we can't be together here. Another thing I, I love about that story is how those two fearful, devastated followers of Jesus, were out, they weren't out looking for him, huh? I don't think that we would say that they had a deep and abiding faith at that moment. They, they, had, they hadn't gotten around to being born again, huh? Or, or making Jesus their, their Lord and Savior, their hope had been crushed. We had hoped, they said. We had hope. In the end, their salvation had nothing to do with their theology, or their decisions, or their nationality, or any other thing we might use to define them as people. The risen Christ came after them. Huh? At least part of the good news is this beloved, in this beloved 23rd Psalm, is is that God is not some benign deity uh, up in the clouds, at a distance, keeping watch and keeping score. God is actively pursuing us in each and every moment of our lives. In the midst of hopelessness and darkness and pandemics. God's goodness and mercy is hot on our trail, gently offering us an abundance beyond our imagination, a joy with complete immunity. I came so that they might have abundant life, Jesus says in the 10th chapter of John, the gospel assigned for this morning. I came that they might have abundant life. In the midst of our deepest fears of being infected or unprepared or unworthy, exposed and vulnerable, in the dark and scary places in our hearts where fear sometimes reigns, we can place our deepest trust in this. Though you have a tendency, maybe, to wander off at times and even to get lost. You are being pursued, sought after by a gracious and loving and compassionate God every moment. And you can't run fast enough. And there is no place you can hide to escape the goodness and mercy that is always moving toward you. And this morning, our Lord has caught up with you yet again. Whatever anxiety or fear you may be feeling, whatever shame, doubt, depression, or hopelessness, whatever sense of false security or selfishness or shame, as a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by His authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I therefore declare to you the Good Shepherd. He will not leave well enough alone. Amen. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. You shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Sometimes the way that mercy catches up with us is through those around us, through the people we love. So right now, uh, just look around. Hopefully you're with somebody and and realize that God is present in that one for you as you are for them. Goodness and mercy in the house of the Lord. Uh, I want to thank you for... Uh, continuing to support this ministry in ways it can feel like uh, maybe the church is week by week as we're not able to gather, getting weaker and weaker. I want you to know uh, that is not the case. We grow stronger with each week because we know you are out there. And for love of your neighbor, you are doing your best to stay home and stay safe. Uh, for love of your neighbor, you yearn to be back together in this place where we can encourage and comfort one another. That day will come. It'll come when we say it has arrived and not before. But in the time uh, that we spend now, uh, separate one from another, we are aware of this promise that goodness and mercy surrounds us even now, uh, that you are in God's presence because you are present one with another. And so that's enough for this day.